Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, Night Nation. I'm Trey Strelko from the Sons of UCF, joined by Eric Lopez of the Black and Gold Banneret. Welcome to Around the Kingdom. Elo, hello to you. Trey, it's good to talk to you. Coming up on this edition, how much are you willing to pay to go into and watch a UCF home football game? And which UCF home football game would you pay a lot of money to see? We're going to discuss that. Plus, hey, it's baseball season. Plus softball. It's, you know, the boy, the, the sport in the diamond. We'll get into all that coming up on Around the Kingdom, the fastest UCF show around. That's starting to catch on, by the way. I've heard people say that to me out at UCF games. Uh, they like the fastest show around, so you've coined it uh, well, Elo. Before we get going, let's welcome in the third member of our team, Adam Eaton from the Suns of UCF. Keeps us on our toes, keeps an eye on the clock. Adam, hello to you. Greetings, gentlemen. Still struggling from the post-Super Bowl hangover. I'm hoping the fastest show on UCF Planet history can get me through it. All right, we'll check back with you in a few, Adam. You mentioned it off the top, ELO. Prime time ticket prices. Rock'em Sports out with a Twitter post saying the cheapest ticket for Colorado at UCF, $310 to get into the building. Most expensive, $1,289. I, I would remind everyone it's February. I don't know who's plunking down that money, but we know this it is going to be a hot ticket. Maybe one of the hottest ever in UCF football history, and you consider. I mean, this could, I mean, we're talking Texas UCF level of prices there, but that's the beauty of Deion Sanders. He brings that extra cachet uh, to the table, and certainly UCF, Colorado, UCF, Big 12 home game opener for UCF. It's a lot of money, Trace. I know you're a big guy, money guy. You got your money, you got the money ready to dish it out? You're going to pay that much? I think you said off the top, what's the most you paid to get into a UCF game? I paid way too much for 50-yard line seats at the Fiesta Bowl UCF and Baylor. About $150, I think, way back when. What about you? What's the most you paid to get into a sporting event? Wow. I spent uh, 200 bucks for a game five of the Lakers and the Magic NBA Finals. Mm. That's one uh, by the Lakers. That's, yeah. that's that's quite pricey. That's quite pricey. Welcome to the finals. <laughs> the brief time. It was good. You expect this, though, even as we get closer to this. This is going to be a hot ticket. It's certainly the, the highest priced uh, for UCF. And Colorado's had that effect across uh, its schedule. There's no question about it. I mean, you saw the, the big impact they had last year in television viewership, in prices. I mean, Deion Sanders transcends college football. So I think he's one of those people that people want to see in person, whether it be on the sidelines, no matter how good their team is, if it's any good or not, Trace. Uh, UCF's going to take advantage. They hit the jackpot, and they get Dion and Colorado and his son early in the season versus later in the season where maybe people are kind of tired of the Dion app. Going to be a lot of ticket flipping on that one. Uh, but uh, months away from that, but the hype has already begun on that ELO. Uh, of course, that's going to highlight one of the very attractive home slates for UCF. 
They will be uh, playing Colorado at home as well as Utah on a Black Friday. Uh, you got Arizona, which is a space jersey game. Trace ranked the home games uh, from best to worst. And maybe how many losses you think they'll get on the bounce house? I know I think people want to say, especially with what we just discussed, the ticket price there for the Colorado game, that that's the most attractive. I think that Black Friday matchup against Utah, uh, both of these teams expected to do well, UCF and the Utes, and, and I think that could be for a lot at stake on that Friday. So that one's number one for me. Colorado, I've got Arizona after that. Cincinnati, hey, isn't that the top rival for UCF? I've got them right ahead of BYU, and then – Sam Houston State and trailing New Hampshire. What about you? <laughs> I was going to say, how much the ticket price is for New Hampshire? Thirty-one cent. <laughs> I mean, what, what are we? What, what's the price on that? Well, we didn't get those stats. Um, yeah, look, I think Colorado, obviously, from a casual fan, is the number one home game date. I like your Utah pick. I think Arizona with the space jersey combinations potential there could be pretty good. Cincinnati, you went from being our rival to being our farm system. I don't know where to rank <laughs> those games, but I, I would say Colorado from a casual fan, despite the prices, is probably still number one home game there. And look, you hope you could go undefeated at home, but maybe one loss probably is definitely probably going to happen. There's going to be at least a loss in that home slate. I think the uh, the games that could most likely trip up UCF are, are Utah and Arizona. And I, I, so for me, I've got two losses on the schedule. Obviously, New Hampshire, Sam Houston State. I feel good about Cincinnati. I feel good about BYU. Uh, and Colorado, they keep changing over the roster, but I don't know that they're a significantly better team. I like that game early on from a heat and humidity standpoint favoring UCF. So I've got them five and two uh, at this point, you know, some weeks out from the uh, start of spring camp. <laughs> We're going win loss record, baby. Before spring five and two ball. at home, five and two. Listen, I think BYU and Colorado are wild card games. As far as you don't know what to expect, I think Colorado because it's early enough, because of Dion, because of Shakur Sanders, I think that'll draw a good TV audience, and it might be a big noon kick, like I've talked about on Fox. Whereas the BYU game. I'm not sure who's interested outside of folks in Utah, but, uh, you know, that's just me. So we'll see. I, I don't think – if UCF loses to BYU, Trace, doesn't that pretty much signal a, a sign that it's a, this is going to be a long season? No, not necessarily. There's a uh, game you should win, but UCF will lose in that schedule somewhere, right? Isn't that a <laughs> Gus Hall? Wow. So. Wow. <laughs> that's optimism right there. Holy mackerel. So maybe that is the uh, BYU game. Uh, FanDuel <sighs> out with an update to its uh, over-unders on wins. Has UCF 8.5 wins, 8.5 wins tied with Arizona. Kansas, Texas Tech at 8.5 wins. Kansas State and Utah nine and a half Arizona state BYU and Houston uh, trail the pack at four and a half wins. Elo, how do you feel about uh, eight and a half? It's, I think it's a good number to set for UCF. I think it's a fair number. I think it's a good number to play with. If you're a cynic trace, you're going to pick the under eight and a half, right? Cause you're always talking about eight and four that that would get the under. Uh, until he proves otherwise. Gus starts the year with four losses. Starts the year with four starts, losses. He's eight and four. That's the best thing. You're not even do. waiting. You're not even waiting. Um, eight and a half is a good and fair, interesting number. But if you're an optimist, I, I think if you think they can get nine, 
Uh, I would that's the over. I would go slightly over on that to get nine wins because you look at their slate. I think they could beat Colorado at home, beat BYU at home, split Utah and Arizona at home. The only other the losses that I could see is you lose at West Virginia. That's a couple of losses there. Beat Florida, and your path to nine wins is there, in my view. So are you saying if they lose the Florida game, you don't think they hit nine wins based on the rest of your math? I do. I, I think because I don't think Florida is going to be very good this upcoming season. I mean, Billy Napier could get fired any moment now. Uh, and certainly UCF can enhance the, and speed up that process. So, yeah, if you lose the Florida game, then all bets are off at that point. You wonder if this is a 7-5, and 8-4. and four. That could be that swing game, kind of like Boise State. Remember last year we said Boise State could be the difference between going bowling and not, and it turned out it was correct because if they lose that Boise game, they're not going to a bowl. So Florida could be that kind of game that swings the season uh, one way or the other. So you've got them with uh, a split of – uh, Utah and Arizona at home. So you've got them projected at a six and one home record, a loss at West Virginia, 10, or are you at nine? Nine, 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 three. I, I so another loss. So you think they beat Florida, but where do they get tripped up? Iowa State, TCU, yeah. Arizona State. Yeah, one of those three. One of those three, I think they trip. <laughs> Which one most likely? You just I need to know the weather. What's the weather in Ames, Iowa? What's the weather in, you know, Tempe there? What's TCU looking like? I actually would not. I think Colorado could trip him up. Shakur Sanders. I mean, he'll challenge the secondary. Uh, that could be an overtime type of game. But I, I think nine and three. Yeah, nine and three. Nine and three. Uh, but what's interesting there, right, is that uh, Arizona at eight and a half, and that's a home game for UCF. Utah nine and a half. So FanDuel at least seeing those two opponents for UCF going to be amongst the uh, league leaders in wins. Well, and I wonder if Arizona's win-loss would be higher if their coach didn't bail on him and Jed Fish, who went to Washington, who just to, decides to take jobs every five minutes. That guy can't stay in a job for longer than a year. What a, an embarrassment Jed Fish is in the college athletic. That's all this. All right, let's move it on now. Big, big DV deal reporting now that ESPN will keep the college football playoffs in an extension trace. What's your reaction to that? Which uh, postseason in the NCAA do they not own? Just March Madness, right? Is that the only one? That's a CBS uh, deal. Uh, they've locked it up, right? I mean, <laughs> big bucks, a lot of dollars, uh, and that's just what the NCAA likes. Plus, they own all the bowl games, too. Not good news if you're the Big 12, in my opinion, as far as football is concerned. I mean, this is pretty much the SEC Invitational, right? Can we agree on that, Trace? This is the SEC Big Ten Invitational. Uh, maybe it's at 12, maybe it's at 16. I don't know what it is. But the Big 12, the only chance they're going to make big-time noise and make tons of revenue is in the basketball side. I don't see a path in football. Tell me why I'm wrong. Do you think the SEC and the Big 10, how many spots of the 12 do you think they end up with? Seven? Yeah, I think that's very realistic. I mean, especially if five conference champions, seven at larges. I would say that at least three or four of those at-larges go to the SEC. Two or three of those go to the Big 12, uh, Big 10. So I, I really think the Big 12 and ACC are going to be fighting for scraps. Well, the divide continues to widen, right? The, yep. uh, the SEC and the Big 10. And then there's a significant drop-off in TV revenue uh, to the uh, Big 12 and the ACC. And we know the ACC's issues. I still think Brett Yormark has put 
the Big 12 in as good a position that, as he could, but you can see that divide. It's just inevitable, right, that the Big Ten and the SEC do something. They break off. They do something. They're already moving in that direction. There's nothing you can do about it. The SEC owns the college athletics. This is pretty significant. I'm stunned that Fox didn't get a piece of the action and see more of an NFL model instead of ESPN controlling this. I'm generally surprised by this. Makes me wonder what's on the agenda here moving forward. Perhaps spitting off ESPN into a streaming uh, standalone service. This would be a big launch for that. All right, time to bring back Adam uh, and a little silliness. All right, gentlemen, thanks for having me back again here. Shameless plug this week on the Suns UCF podcast. We had former UCF basketball coach Kirk Spira on the show. And so that inspired my first question. And Eric, I'll start with you. Is Kirk Spira a UCF Hall of Famer in your opinion? Eric, I'll start with you. 100% correct. Absolutely. Surprised he hasn't been already. Should be. I think he will be uh, by no later than this fall. I think he's without question, should be in the Hall of Fame. Credit to you, Adam and Mike, for getting him on an interview. Uh, it, it was fantastic. Listen, I recommend it to anybody listening. But, yeah, absolutely, he's a Hall of Fame. Okay. So many years with the program, so many monumental moments, uh, certainly uh, overdue. 247 career wins, four NCAA appearances. Obviously, Johnny Dawkins only has one, if you want a comparable. Trace, all right, this got me thinking. Kirk Spira, I mean, obviously him and Turchie Clark are legends in the basketball game. And you start thinking about other sports. And there's one facility at UCF, John Uliano Park. It's obviously named after a a, a booster and a, an alumnus and somebody who supports the baseball program. So, Travis, I'll start with you. If you can name any facility at UCF after a person, what facility would you name and who would you name it after? Eric Lopez softball complex. Wow. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Wow. Only, around the only if it has been redesigned with shade, because I would not want Fair. Elo's name on that field in the blazing sun. Uh, no, Torchy man. Clark at some point had the name on the court. Wasn't it Torchy Clark court at some point, but that I, I, I thought they dedicated yeah, what the, the court. What, what did happen to that? I don't know. That went out with the blacktop. I'm not sure. (laughs) I don't know that I'm big on sponsorship names or dedicating names to people, but, uh, you know, there's an argument on Gene McDowell as well in terms of football. Facility-wise? Yeah. I mean, football-wise. We should be naming some, you know, the football stuff should be maybe uh, you do a George O'Leary field. I mean, he's got a statue already. We got to do, we got to come up with somebody, maybe Dante Culpepper field. Hmm. I believe huh? we have the Bortles and Murray training room inside the facility. Oh, sure. very good. That yeah. Rolls off the tongue, by the way. It's a, it's a, <laughs> such an easy thing to say. <laughs> Just rolls right off. Uh, gentlemen, <laughs> we were watching the end of the UCF BYU game, which we'll get to in a second. But one of the things I noted is that Taylor Hendricks was at the game enjoying uh, the contest for his former teammates and his brother. And it got me thinking, Eric, I'll start with you. Over the next 10 years, will UCF basketball have another first round pick? In the next 10 years, another first-round pick for UCF basketball. Wow. 10 years? That's a good question. I'm going to say yes. First-round pick, being in the Big 12 Conference, you'll trip up to another one in the next 10 years, yes. All right, Trace. Eric has us falling ourselves in the way of a first-round pick. Do you agree with him? Yes, Johnny Dawkins will recruit 
another top Ooh. 10. Oh, wow. I see. see there, Eric. He actually yeah, I, did. I, like that. I like that. All right. And this is not a, a question. This is more of a, a an update. So last week we did Super Bowl prop bets. I'm here with the results of oh, those prop bets. Big. First one was Taylor Swift on TV over under four and a half. The over hits, uh, and, and that means Trace, you got that one, Eric. You had the under on that for some ungodly reason. What was the number? Four and a half. Uh, it was, so, uh, how think, many times was she on? So what I saw, six. Now, they're only counting during the time of the actual game, not post-game or pre-game, during the, the four-minute and the overtime period, uh, which uh, – Yeah, how was, was I supposed to six. know this game was going to go to an overtime nearly a second overtime? <laughs> so I'm not trace figured it out. All right, what liquid was going to be pouring on the, on the coach? What color? <laughs> you both had red uh, – you had red, Eric. Trace, you had clear. The correct answer was purple. Uh, so neither purple. one of you get that one. The MVP, which was obviously Patrick Mahomes. Who do you think first – uh, Eric, you said the fans. Trace, you said teammates. Teammates was correct, Trace. That was his, mm. uh, his first thank you. So right now we got Trace 2, Eric 0. Would there be a proposal on the field after the game? Eric, a believer in love here on Valentine's Day. Unfortunately, yeah. there was no such proposal. Trace had that one correct, so Trace gets that one as well. Here's where you're going to clean back up, though, Eric. National Anthem, Reba McIntyre, 90.5, over or under. You took the over, my friend. You were correct. Reba held that last note for 94. Yeah. Uh, so you can thank Reba for that one. Wasn't a there a controversy, though, about that? There was. I mean, she went brave. Brave. She hit a second brave, but I, I believe mm. uh, both braves uh, were past the 90 second mark mm. there. Would a kick hit the upright? Uh, Trace thought it would. Unfortunately, a kick hit somebody's hand, not the upright. So, Eric, you <laughs> win that one. And who was the first athlete to be shown during America the Beautiful? The choices were Travis Kelsey, Christian McCaffrey. Trace Trelko guessed correctly. Christian McCaffrey wow. was the uh, first athlete shown. So, if you're scoring at home, Trace with four correct bets. Eric Lopez with two, and there was one for neither of you. So Trey Strelko is the Super Bowl prop bet king for the year. Take that, Elo. All Take right, guys. Thank you, Adam. Check back with you in a bit. All right, Elo, of the week uh, in men's hoops. We'd had those splits, right, uh, where we were happy with a one-and-one. One. However, a long road trip for the Knights, losers in Lubbock and also in Provo, Utah, Knights 0 and 2 on this week. Uh, they now four and uh, what is it? Four and seven. Four and four and seven, right? In the Big 12. So yeah, a bit of a reeling, and 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 now come back home with Cincinnati. What's your takeaways? Fought hard, close games. 0 and 2 on this roadie. Well, we found out what Big 12 officiating was like on the road. That's for sure. Holy macro. BYU went 40. For 46 on the line. This is not an NBA In a regulation game. Not even any overtime here. That's why we're recording as late. late. I mean, UCF shot the ball well 50% from the floor. Uh, but they, they did get outboarded 37-32. They didn't get, enough, you know, but the, yeah, you're not going to win a game where your opponent's going to the line 46 times. That's absurd. 40 free throws. Are you kidding me? What do we got? We got Dick Pavetta officiating here. We're finding out, Trace, why a lot of people are always skeptical about officiating for road games. UCF Tech didn't get a good whistle in Lubbock either. That's welcome to life in the Big 12. A couple games ago, UCF was 28-32 from the line, 14-26 of 26 against BYU in a game in which you lose by two. So you mentioned how many times BYU went to the line, but when UCF went, they missed too often. 
Uh, and it's those little things, right? We've heard this. We hear it from the opponent's coach at the UCF games. You heard it from Oklahoma's coach a couple weeks ago. Just trying to get a one-game winning streak, right? And teams continue to struggle on the road, officiating or other reasons. And UCF certainly cannot close out games on the road. And now that win over Texas, which UCF still likes that on its resume for the year, but they've not been good at home as much, right? No, I can't believe you score 88 points and you lost. Who would have thought that against BYU? 88 points UCF scores, but they give up 90 uh, in the loss. And BYU, I thought there was too much ball watching on the UCF defense. That's the concern. Uh, they didn't make any stops when it mattered against Texas Tech, and they certainly had no answers at BYU. So to me, that's the concern defensively. Remember the identity about this defense. Where is it, Trace? It hasn't been in the last couple games. We'll see if it gets back when it gets home, but a lot of ball watching from UCF defense, that, that some bad habits that BYU really is in particular exposed. So you would have liked to have had at least one on this road trip, but now the Knights return from Utah hosting Cincinnati and then go on the road for West Virginia. So at least a split, Elo. you got to protect the home court. There is a chance here to go 2-0. Must wins here. Elo, if they hope to salvage, uh, you know, things for possible NCAA tournament. The problem is West Virginia is going to be on the road. That's not an easy place to play, and it's not an easy place to get to, which begs to ask the question, how is UCF going to get to West Virginia, Trace? Because apparently found out UCF men's basketball flew commercial to Waco, one of your favorite cities, uh, to Lubbock, Texas, I should say. They flew to Lubbock. They did charter over to Provo, a little charter back to Orlando. But what do you make of this charter commercial balancing act? The women's basketball team did fly charter to Lubbock. The men's did not. They should have hitched a ride. They should have all ridden on the same plane. <laughs> <laughs> I remember asking Johnny Dawkins preseason, would the Knights be flying uh, charter? And he said, yes. Uh, I guess technically the answer is yes. Some of the times they do. Uh, what's the most difficult way to get to Morgantown? That may be the way UCF travels for that game. I remember when Kansas State traveled to UCF for volleyball, they flew charter from Manhattan, Kansas to Orlando for volleyball. So the gap, we talked about the gap between the SEC Big Ten and the Big 12 ACC, the gap within the Big 12, uh, still very present UCF trailing in the, uh, the ability to travel charter to these games. BYU charters to every sport. Like, it's unbelievable. Uh, BYU just print money there. As you mentioned, they had their own crew on their halftime Yeah, they show. had a print. They had a studio show. I was blown away. They had a studio show, halftime. You were also out. a tad jealous. I, can I was. Yeah. I would love to have a studio show. Me, you, Adam. Oh, that'd be fantastic. I mean, it would be award-winning. Really. I mean, come on. Who wouldn't want that show? So what do you think? They fly charter or commercial? No, they'll fly. Do you think they'll fly charter? You gotta fly charter. Gotta... I don't know. I don't know how else you're getting to Morgantown. Are you kidding me? Fly into Pittsburgh, commercial, and then no, bus. God, don't give them ideas. Don't give them ideas. I do agree with you. <laughs> I think Cincinnati's almost a must-win, right? Because you're at home. Stop the bleeding <laughs> before you go to West Virginia. My concern is if you don't beat Cincinnati, who's obviously had your number recently, this all of a sudden could turn into a four-five game losing streak, and they kind of get away from you. And that's my concern. Hey, can, we, can we stay healthy for a week or two? It feels like we're going to lose a player every other game. Don't 
Uh, talking prop bets, we had the ones for the Super Bowl uh, in basketball. Uh, going back to that Tex Texas Tech game, over under 65 points for UCF. Uh, Elo, you went with the, uh, what was it, the under uh, and yeah. uh, picked up the win there. Five and five, uh, we were tied there. But, hey, I had the over on the 142 and a half yeah. at BYU. What was it, 1988? Yeah, you're all nervous at halftime. Wow, oh, who made number? I was nervous. I asked you, what, how did we get to this 142 and a half? Uh, what did you yeah, credit FanDuel for that? I didn't see. Yeah, it started off so sluggishly, but 90 to 88. So I take a lead on you, Elo, on this uh, this prop. All right, takes us to Saturday. Hey, remember Knight, uh, former Knight Jamil Reynolds, uh, now with Cincinnati, averaging 5.4 points per game, Elo, over, under, Jamil Reynolds. I'm going to go over like I did with Ithiel Horton. These guys get ready to play us for some reason, so I'm going over. Going to take the under, Elo. And then Tuesday at West Virginia, over-under allowing West Virginia 60 points. Does UCF allow more or less than 60 points to West Virginia? That number is based on the fact UCF gave up 59 in the first meeting against West Virginia in the win. I'm going to go over, and based on what I saw tonight, I feel really good about it. You're on the road. You're going to get called for more whistles. West Virginia physical. Give me the over. Uh, plus the travel when they land and they take a carriage over. Come to on! <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go I'm going to go with the under. We're going to get that Johnny Dawkins defense. So uh, tight for us down the stretch here, Elo, in these uh, prop bets. But what about – the draft. We've got some games coming up now. We do. We got a, I'm on the clock here. I got UCF beating Cincinnati at home on Saturday. You've got UCF winning at West Virginia the following Tuesday. This is our chance, Trace, to make up some ground on the on the audience, on the fans, and more importantly, pull away from Adam, who, you know. He's not played not a game yet. <laughs> and by the way, that. after the West Virginia game, I'm out of games. I'm done. I've got the one win. With West Virginia, I need to get that sweep of the Mountaineers, but then I will be out of games. Of course, the audience has got the other ones, the Kansas, the Texas, Why is the Oklahoma Why is in this game? I thought he was in on this game. Why did he, he choose? Picked, he picked, he's got Texas Tech at Oklahoma State, Oklahoma State and at TCU. He's got two roadies. I had two roadies, he, too. You know? He just wants to be so. at the end, a dramatic finish, kind of like the three-point shootout. You want to go last. I get it. It's <laughs> going to be pressure on on him. It's going to be interesting to watch. All right. Mentioned Eric Lopez Field. What, what at the Plex? What do we, we'd have to work on the name for that, but it's got to have shade, Elo. Yeah. Softball, you were back. How'd it feel? Did you have some nerves uh, off the yeah, uh, top sure. of the first game? You always have some anxiousness, some uh, rust uh, concerns, but you always ain't a little amped up uh, back in the booth calling some softball opening weekend with the uh, seeing the unknown. So it was good you to see four out of five uh, victories, though, just the one loss. Yeah. Are you satisfied with that? What did you like of what you saw and any cause for concern? Well, I like the fact that they have depth, a lot of quality arms. Angelina DeVoe out of the bullpen was fantastic. Sarah Willis, you saw her on Sunday, was 12 for 12. Could have thrown a perfect game, I think, if they allowed, allowed her to do that. They wanted to get some work for other pitchers. I think this offense has a lot of potential and talent. What I didn't like. Uh, I think they left some runners on base a bit too much, cost them the UConn game. And I think there's still some questions of who is the number two starter behind Sarah Willis? Who's that number two? Is it Kalen Felton? Is it Grace Jewell? I don't know. Plus, they're also a little banged up. Uh, Jasmine Williams got hurt. Uh, not sure we'll see her in Clearwater this week. 
Uh, you know, so they're a little banged up, but they should be fine with the depth. But I love the freshmen, Sierra Humphrey, Samantha Ray, some good young talent to go with that experience. Uh, but it's a still a work in progress as far as whose pitching roles are what behind Sarah Willis. Sarah Willis just performed so well, right, and at the plate as well. She's so much fun to watch. Uh, I still think head coach Cindy Ball Malone has a difficult task in figuring out her lineups, and it gets markedly harder. They've got the midweek game with Liberty, and then they go to Clearwater, and it's a murderer's row that they're facing before they go out to California for another uh, tough tournament. They jump right into it. So four out of five, you would have liked all five. There are things to learn and build on. Uh, so not a perfect start for the Knights, uh, but uh, they they did get some answers to things, and they have a talented lineup. It's just putting the right pieces together, Evo. Correct. Hopefully they have a good weekend in Clearwater. Hopefully they get all the games in in Clearwater. Your buddy Eric Burris thinks it's going to get washed out on Saturday, <laughs> Sunday. We'll see how accurate he is on that. Let's hope he's wrong because baseball's home. The college baseball season gets going this weekend. The Rich Wallace era gets underway at John Juliano Park. Opening night against Bryant, three-game series. What are we expecting, Trace? What do you want to see from this baseball team? They were picked 10th in the Big 12. Rich Wallace, tickets, club seats, tickets are almost sold out. What's your thoughts? Any buzz here, baseball? What do you expect? You know, I got to ask. I've been asked that a couple of times if there's buzz. I haven't felt that buzz so far. And I think, you know, it's because softball was projected fifth in a league in which, you know, you've got Oklahoma and Texas. So that was a credit to UCF, I think, that there's a chance at an NCAA tournament berth. And nobody's talking about that with baseball, a projected 10. I think as we've been talking about men's basketball, exceeding expectations, nobody thinks much of what they're going to do. A lot of new faces, you know, the faces that were lost, a couple of players to Florida State, right, in that mix. I I do want to see what Rich Wallace does. Uh, So I'm – anticipating mildly anticipating but i'm not overly expecting a lot from the knights this year uh as a year of transition from greg lovelady to coach wallace not an exciting non-conference schedule either that's gonna say whoa you're gonna learn a lot like bryant got what sanford and those teams we don't know what the pitching looks like that was an issue last year we think they're gonna score some runs this year i love the, the throwback jerseys by the way Bringing that back is a great idea. I think the alums are invested in this team, but I think it's a wait-and-see approach with baseball, right? I mean, they haven't made the tournament since 2017, and I do think some of the buzz is taken away because softball has been the more successful program. That's a fact. So I think that's also hurt probably the interest on the baseball. Plus, basketball has been interesting to this point. It's not like anybody's bailed on basketball. I think a combination of those things is probably why baseball is under the radar right now. And going from 24-game conference schedule in the American to 30 games in the Big 12 is going to be something interesting to watch as well. So conference play will start sooner, uh, reduced uh, non-con schedule. Let's bring back in Adam. What did we get right? What did we get wrong, Adam? Some fun facts here. You guys were talking about over-unders. Last year, according to BetMGM, the over-under wins for UCF was 7.5. So clearly the odds makers think UCF will be better this year. Eric, I've done some research for you. You want to know the temperature in Ames, Iowa on October 19th? I've got you covered. AccuWeather.com has it as 63 as a high, 40 as a low. Woo! We don't know the kickoff there, so 63 and 40 you is take your that, Trace? You're taking that to your trip to Ames? Mm, I haven't mm. figured out how I'm getting to Ames. <laughs> 
Well, maybe hop on a charter, Trace. Uh, free throws, a uh, fun fact, the most free throws ever shot in a game by one team, 79 by Northern Arizona in a 1953 contest Whoa. versus Arizona. That had to be a fun uh, fun game to watch. Uh, our, our usual update, uh, Elo, UCF is currently 67 in the net. All right. Hanging in there. Then one more thing before we go. Viva Las Vegas. Elo Media Reports indicating Big 12 football media days moving from Dallas to Las Vegas, which, of course, just hosted the Super Bowl uh, July 9th and 10th. <laughs> Going west into the heart of Big, big wow. Pac-12 country. Pac-12 country, right? As they welcome in Arizona, Arizona State, uh, Utah, and Colorado. You booked your flight? You booked your flight? No, You're going? No, no. No, I'm not, plan not planning. I'm not planning that one at this point. Look for new episodes midweek, every week on the Sons of UCF YouTube channel. Also on the Sons podcast feed, wherever you get your audio content. We thank Adam for all he does for this show. For Eric Lopez, I'm Trace Troco. Thank you, everyone, for watching Around the Kingdom. Podcast Network.